0: Hello and welcome to episode number 82 of Future Chat from Unwind Media. Every week on this show we take an hour or so to discuss all the week's most interesting science and tech news. And it seems like almost every week we have some technical difficulties before we start. Mike, what's going on with you this week?
1: Well, I I fresh (laughs) installed Windows 10 on my SSD, which I'll have a blog post detailing in great extent at some point. Uh, but currently, as you can see for our viewers, my computer is still open, so I haven't oh, yeah. Yeah, fully yeah. gotten around to to finalizing that. But I was installing some software and some hardware, and just had some configuration issues. My my computer thought my mic was a set of speakers, so there there's, is, there's that. Yeah, I, I, it's understandable. They they look kind of the same, so we'll give Windows a break. Yep.
0: Yeah, but we're Nick, here. How are you doing today? Uh oh
2: everything just broke up what happened <laughs> I said, how are you
1: speaking <laughs> of technical difficulties oh yeah
2: i'm so tired yeah i don't even understand why i got like 11 hours of sleep last night and then just or not last night the night before last ox or is that reverse ox or reverse ox
1: that's reverse ox yeah
2: oh, okay roxed <laughs> <laughs> rocks night I got a lot of sleep rocks tonight <laughs> and
0: I don't remember that the definition of that word anymore. I remember that conversation, it's, but it's
1: supposed to mean the week after next or the day after next is awesome. Oh, yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, not this blank,
2: but next blank. Yeah, mm hmm. I still like tomorrow morrow, right?
1: But <laughs> or yester, yesterday, today, y- y- yester, yesterday, yesterday.
2: Like, yeah, you like tomorrow morrow more?
0: Yes, oh, <laughs> so we have some follow up. We'll we'll move straight through this because again we're gonna do this, try to get the keep this show short this week. I'm gonna jump straight to the end of the follow up to start, and all I see here is beard news. What's new in beard news? I assume this is Nick. Okay, okay. So beard news. Uh
2: the scenes the, the, the seasons are changing in Calgary, and my beard was getting awful itchy. But you know you know who is there for me? Kent of Inglewood. Oh yeah? It's uh, it's a shave shop, but they had mentioned last time I was in there that they had uh, beard products, too. And my God, he was like, yeah, this is like some leave-in conditioner. You want to try some now? And I was like, yeah, sure. Okay. So I just took a dab and like worked it in there. I was like, oh, the itching has stopped.
0: (laughs) That's actually nice.
2: Yeah, he, he ended up selling me the conditioner, but... The one I tried was unscented, so I got the lime scented one and some beard shampoo as well. Hmm. My beard feels so nice. It's all like soft.
1: So, so tell me, Nick, are you not able to just use your herbal essences at the same time as you washing your hair? You can just throw it into your beard. We talked about that in the
2: in the beard shop okay i mean your sarcasm aside i know i'm actually um,
1: this is what i do i use the herbal essences in my beard oh okay if i'm needing to wash it there's no sarcasm
2: (laughs) all right well i'm glad um (laughs) no because it like the stuff for your hair is meant to really strip away all the oils and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and that's like your scalp is i guess used to being treated differently than the rest of your skin but this skin right here not so much
0: huh i'm glad this episode is sponsored by herbal essences now
2: no this this episode is sponsored by kent of inglewood (laughs) that's fair
1: so is that is that scalp prejudice or beard prejudice if the scalps used to being treated a certain way
2: well i mean is it prejudice because like the scalp could feel superior about it it's like i'm not the like the rest of all your other skin i'm a little (laughs) bit more fabulous than that right (laughs) or something like that but uh yeah And so now my, my beard smells lightly of cedar and lime and it's, man, it's nice. It's all soft. Can you, can you, can you pick that up on the mic? Oh,
1: sorry. I meant scalp privilege, not scalp privilege. The beard rubbing?
0: (laughs) doesn't matter anymore. (laughs) Oh man. No, I, I can't pick it up on the, on the call, but I'll see if I can insert some audio of your beard being tousled. Yeah.
1: Just gain that up yes nice
0: oh man so uh, we do it there is some more actual follow-up and uh, are you saying they, mine isn't follow-up we talk about beards all the time no Rob. I know I, I mean
2: science <laughs> or tech related follow-up this is the tech of beard care that's what okay. this is cosmetics are good technology speaking of fluff pieces
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, we got word uh I guess probably in the middle beginning of this week that SpaceX is going to be trying again with their Falcon 9 on December 19th which is before the recording of our next show so I figured we should at least mention it we'll be able to follow up uh in the next show about obviously the how it went and presumably it will be successful and uh at, we talked about in the I think it was the summer like June or something or or early July the last Falcon 9 launch uh it was the one that tipped over and exploded right like they landed and then it just fell over um so they're trying to get this reusable rocket booster uh, they've decided i think this is for this one and i i don't have hundred percent confirmation on that but they're giving up for now on the autonomous drone ship in the ocean as a landing platform and they're just going to try to land uh at i believe johnson or either that or cape canaveral uh they're going to just try to land it the The space center, so hopefully that'll be a little easier. They don't deal with waves or anything like that. It's a bit more controlled. Presumably, this is in response to um, Blue Origin and their their ground landing. Elon wants to be like, well, if we compare apples to apples, here we're obviously better than you because we're able to get to orbit. Apparently, they're dropping off uh, supplies to the ISS, but they're also releasing some satellites, some private satellites, and so they're going to be doing at least a several orbits and then or at least one orbit and then landing again so which will defeat um the blue origin that jeff bezos project uh, they should have just called it the jeff bezos project <laughs> um, where they got to 100.5 kilometers like the edge of space basically and then dropped it a sounds capsule. like a nice uh a nice band name the jeff bezos yeah, Project. yeah exactly <laughs> so that that while being a technical feat and being vertical takeoff and landing of a booster uh it's not really it's not the same thing as as it would be getting into orbit and then landing again on ground so i think if they're able to do this successfully then elon musk will take any and all doubt out of anyone's mind that they're still ahead of blue origin do people have doubt well some people well (laughs) jeff bezos obviously has doubt where he's like we did it we managed to land it uh, successfully but uh yeah other people on the Blue Origin team, I presume, feel the same way. But it, this was just a race, or if not a race, all doubt. Then at least re give back the the helm of space excellence to Elon and his team.
1: It's not a contest, though. It shouldn't no, be I a mean,
0: contest. Sure, it, <laughs> I mean it. Kind of, it's kind of helpful when it is a contest. If, yeah. if we're being honest, because the space race, the only reason we yeah. got to the moon was because Russia was also trying, or the Soviet Union was also trying to do that. Yeah. So in a way this is actually probably the best possible scenario for both teams to have someone to compete against who is in similar positions. But uh yeah, that uh we'll we'll keep an eye out and report back next week or whenever we do the next episode. We'll have to have a conversation about space. about the Christmas season and we'll and follow space. up to see whether they were successful.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Our other piece of space follow up here. Uh we talked quite a while ago when they first Uh, scientists first started looking at Ceres, the little little um small dwarf planet large asteroid uh that was being approached by a satellite we started we saw these bright spots on it and we're very curious as to what that was whether it was alien civilization with electricity whether it was was that a conjecture was uh, it i believe so i believe everything when something happens in space we assume aliens first did qualified people have that conjecture <laughs> <laughs> no i think that's science that's uh everyone thinks aliens first and then has to prove it's not aliens that's how science oh
1: works. yeah that is how that works that's, that's yeah. actually really not that untrue Jesus. <laughs> no i know <laughs> it's like wait guys is it aliens no okay let's move on that's kind of yeah
0: yeah yeah um So there's a, there's an article here from slate from the bad astronomer himself, Phil plate talking about how they've, they've gotten closer now. And, uh, this, this Dawn spacecraft has, uh, they've done a bit of, I guess, spectroscopy on these bright spots and they've discovered that they are very likely. I mean, obviously they can't get there to test, but based on the analysis they have done, it's salt, uh, specifically, I think they said it was a type of magnesium salt, I want to say magnesium sulfate based on what I read a while. Oh yeah. Magnesium sulfate is what it was because they had, they had seen spectral signatures of two different kinds of magnesium sulfates. Uh, one being, I think a hexahydrate and then the other one being just one, a single hydrate. Uh, what I do want to say is that this, this space body, I'll call it, there's debate at the end of the article, whether it's an asteroid, whether it should be defined as an asteroid or a small planet. Um, it's, It's hydrated magnesium sulfate. There is water on that on that body. Whether whether that means there's life, we're we're talking about Mars and we're looking at Nick. You're muted, but you're still laughing, and I don't understand.
1: Rob, just don't go there.
0: I'm not trying to say there there's advanced alien life forms, but the idea that there's water on this planet would lend the same credence to the fact that there could be some sort of um carbon-based something or something for
2: for the record i think i think the possibility of extremophiles is much more likely than an alien civilization capable of producing big bright spots oh of course yes
0: um unless it was a fungus then i could understand (laughs) nick that was sarcasm i hope i hope that's clear now so Yeah, I I think this is awesome. I love that we're sending out all these crafts and I I don't really hear about them as they're being launched um, because I haven't been paying attention to space in detail for that long, basically since we started covering it on this show. But you always hear about it in the news now when these things are approaching their destinations. And I think it's really cool that we get to see all this cool space science going on before NASA's funding inevitably runs out.
2: So I'm in a bit of a silly mood. I can tell. Yeah. (laughs) And I heard the phrase spacecraft and I was like, I wonder what it would be like if they were like actual arts and crafts that went into space.
1: I thought the same thing too.
2: (laughs) It's like, (laughs) yes, the, uh, I mean, our paper mache technology has come a very long way, but unfortunately it has burned up again in reentry. And everyone's like, oh man, of course there's a bunch of people with with glue, dry glue still on their fingers, just like starting to sob and rehydrating the glue and it's getting all <laughs> gross
1: i'm so glad that wasn't just me yeah because because robbie you're like oh when we release all these crafts to space i was like what would that be like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right <laughs> it's like
2: it's like there's a legend where if you fold a thousand paper cranes you'll get one wish mm-hmm. and it's like i wish that i'll see i'll wish that these paper cranes went to space <laughs> And then like they just opened the hatch and all the paper cranes went to space. So you're like, my wish came true.
0: (laughs) This is such a weird conversation, but I'm glad you both thought of it at the same time.
2: (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Oh
0: man. So Uh, the last piece of uh, follow-up here is, it's not so much follow-up, it's tangential to other things we've talked about. And I don't want to get into too much detail about it. Uh, There's some research here out of, I'm guessing this is somewhere in Europe based on the names, but uh, uh, some research done on diesel technology and specifically the catalysts that are used in making diesel. And uh, so this group of scientists, this group of researchers has developed a new type of manufacturing process for diesel that, inev- uh, that eventually, once it's burned up, emits less CO2. And they're basically saying uh, they changed the catalyst a little bit. They tweaked how it works. Um, and they're saying it can be scaled up to be used industrially. And they're saying within five to 10 years, we can see cars driven by this new diesel. Um, which as Nick and I were talking about this before we started recording, just sounds an awful lot like the clean diesel technology that Volkswagen promised us what five or 10 years ago. And look where we are now. (laughs) It's, it seems very suspicious given this timing. Um, but I wanted to get your guys' thoughts if, if this was something that, that was interesting or we should consider moving towards clean diesel or, or just kind of focus on electric.
1: If I'll, I'll kind of jumping ahead here, but with the Paris conference, they just had yeah, scientists, you know, the infamous uh scientists that are always quoted. They're, they're saying that
2: <laughs> those infamous scientists, I know they comment on always everything, being quoted on things. Jeez.
1: <laughs> Apparently they're, uh, <laughs> They're saying that if if they're to meet the goals that the Paris Agreement has set out, you need to be completely off of burning all hydrocarbons by 2050. Mm-hmm. So clean diesel is still a hydrocarbon. So if they're if they're Unless trying to be doing biodiesel, mm-hmm. I think just I guess it, does that not still release CO2 when you burn it?
2: Well, it's a carbon neutral process. Yeah, okay,
1: that's fair. Sure, then anything that's not no, no new CO2. So, so that's what they're saying. So this, I guess this is better than what we have now, but it's not, it's still not going to be enough if they're trying to meet the the goals that they're shooting for.
0: The, the interesting thing about this is the very last sentence where it says the new technique can be applied to petroleum based fuels, but also to renewable carbon from biomass. Oh, so you'd be carbon negative even. I don't think that means carbon negative. Because it's still releasing the CO two at the end, but it would definitely be more efficient and would Wait. potentially help this target of twenty fifty.
2: No. It Once would more, what what were we ta- what were we saying on carbon neutral versus
1: carbon sink? Rob, it would be carbon negative. If you're producing the diesel with X amount of carbon and burning it and releasing less than what you captured, then it is carbon negative.
0: I agree with that, but I don't think that's what that process would be. Are we
2: talking just a hypothetical process, or what are we talking about here? So the the biomass process,
1: Nick. They're saying that oh, they can like apply the same diesel technology to biodiesel. Mm-hmm.
2: Oh yeah, well, like if you're, uh, I mean, I assume what they'll be doing there is if they're using a catalyst, it's going to be using the same fuel to get farther. So there's yeah. no there's no total reduction in CO2. It's less that overall, said, but not. Yeah, I mean, that said, with biodiesel, I think what a lot of times you're using uh, oils. So if you're getting the oils from a perennial plant or something like that, and depending on what you do with the waste, like if you, if you take the waste and compost it and bury it or something like that to enrich your soil or boost the carbon content of your soil, that could be considered a carbon sink depending on how stable it is. Mm-hmm. It's like switchgrass as a fuel would be carbon negative because so much of the biomass is deep underground. Right. And it's there for geological time scales apparently. Hmm. As I previously read.
0: So I mean, That's, it could yeah. potentially be a carbon sink. Yeah, the, the entire process could be more carbon negative than it is currently, but I don't it, it seems like if you're getting the the biomass in a way that the that or that uses less carbon in the end, it would need to it would take in less carbon in the beginning. So I don't think the individual process itself right. of of creating the biodiesel would result in a more carbon negative process unless you were unless you were using bad badly sourced like non-biodiesel and then yeah I'd, i just don't see how it would end up being carbon negative like if if they're using a catalyst
2: it should take the same amount of carbon and go further with it
0: yeah yeah
2: but regardless how much carbon you've taken originally if not all the carbon that went into making the plant is then re-emitted into the atmosphere, it's a sink. Yeah. Right. So if you've got like roots and stuff that you're leaving there or you're composting mm-hmm. the, the leftovers or whatever, that would be a carbon sink based on the life cycle of the feedstock.
0: Yeah. The, the, at least, and maybe I'm reading it wrong, but the way I read it, the way they're saying that it emits far less CO2, it's that it emits less CO2 per kilometer, not overall i think that's
2: and that was yeah. that was going to be my feedback like i'd like to see what metrics they're using for that because yeah. that my assumption is that that has to be what it is
1: see i yeah. i read it as grams of co2 per gram of fuel burnt so it's like literally cleaner not that just better mileage in all oh, that in could a be a like co2 emission that, sense that could have to
2: do with like the length or the branching of the molecules because like I mean, if you're going gram for gram, I think you get more out of natural gas than you do out of octane. Right. I think. But that's just the nature of the fuel. Yeah. Like it's, yeah, that's how I can describe it, I think.
0: Mm -hmm. So it it could be, I guess, is what what we're concluding, but we need to see more detail. Yeah. Okay.
2: Well, I mean, that just means that there's less carbon per gram of the fuel. So it probably is
0: more branched or shorter. Yeah. And more branched and shorter things burn better yes all right so it's now time for i don't even think this is going to be a long rant but it's this is the rant oh, that man. i teased about last week i forgot my popcorn why do you have popcorn oh you <laughs> i get it all right i don't yeah i don't like go. popcorn so that was confusing but i get it now <laughs> um why would you
1: get something you hate for <laughs> no i meant like
0: I was thinking of it as a snack food, not as a. It's like, a saying. Oh, I Rob, want to sit and watch this. It's a saying. I get it. On the internet, he,
1: go <laughs> Nick ahead, was Rob. just
0: such a good actor that he committed so fully. He actually looked over and he was like, "Oh, I forgot the popcorn." I thought he legitimately forgot the popcorn. Anyways, um, I wanted to to talk a bit about Facebook. Uh, I went back, went back to my blog uh, around the beginning of October, October sixth, I think it was. I wrote a piece called I Still Hate Facebook. I've ragged a lot about uh ragged on Facebook a lot in the last several years, basically since I started my second account back in 2011, 2010 or 2011. Um, I was ragging on it at that time about advertising and rearranging the news feed. And I don't I still don't like that. I I don't like the way that they manipulate things to only show you certain people's stuff and based on what you click on or what you look at the longest uh, you end up getting into a filter bubble type of situation where you don't see important things uh, or things that could potentially be important to you or different points of view basically the, the idea that facebook is filtering your your social life for you and this has kind of come to a head where i now think the way Facebook works, like it's predicated on the fact that you have a list of so called friends. They call your connections with other people friendships. And they've now, they've even gone so far as to, to highlight when you're at a friendship anniversary on Facebook. So, like, this is predicated on the fact that anyone that you're connected to is your friend. And I just, I get the feeling more and more recent as the years go on that. Facebook doesn't actually consider your connections to be friendships, even though they still call them that. They really think of them more as just even almost like more like LinkedIn connections because it's it's not the one-to-one thing that Twitter has where you can follow someone and have them follow you. It's It's literally just thought of as nodes on a network, these individual Facebook accounts or individual people or pages or whatever. And the reason I feel that way is because the content that you post is treated differently, A, based on its source, the, 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 whether it came from you, whether it was a picture, whether it was a video, whether it was just a regular link on the internet. It's treated differently that way based on where it came from. It's treated differently based on who it came from. So if you are friends with, if I'm friends with, say, Nick, and we both have our Facebook settings set up so that we have prioritized each other so that we see something first from the other person but let's say for instance i post a lot of things like say i post three things a day and nick only ever actually sees those things or or goes on facebook enough to see one of those things per week so out of the 21 things in a week he sees one thing he is going to start seven le- things Was sorry? it seven things but one thing per week oh, Okay. He's going to start seeing less and less of my content because he didn't, he he isn't interacting with it. Whether or not he wants to see more, he's going to be seeing less. And Facebook, other companies that work with Facebook actually know this. They are, they're completely aware of this. Companies like YouTube have been, they've been shut down on Facebook deliberately by Facebook because Facebook has this new Facebook video product, when you post a YouTube link on Facebook now, it gives you, for some reason, every YouTube video in the last five years has been either, I mean, portrait videos notwithstanding, has been 16 by 9, like a, a widescreen video format. And it could take up the entire width of the page, like Facebook videos do, like links on Facebook generally do if they have a big picture. But Facebook chooses to literally like chop down YouTube to make it look worse so that people will use facebook video and i was just the reason that this this particular point came into my head was yesterday i was looking to put to post a soundcloud link on facebook which should be the same thing like it used to be that when you posted a soundcloud link it would show you this rich soundcloud player but uh, i was looking into it and there's an faq page on soundcloud where they had to recently change this and now a link to soundcloud just links as a dumb link with with a thumbnail art and with a regular web link because of the way facebook has changed the way that facebook works internally so like people people who are not facebook are being punished for posting things not to facebook itself it eventually going to get to the point facebook has their new notes update where it now looks like a real sort of modern blogging thing like medium and the same thing is ha- is eventually going to happen to blogs and to websites where if you don't post on either Facebook's instant articles format or if you don't post as a Facebook note, your content's going to be downgraded. They're they're jumping into all these fields and icing out everyone else from other platforms, and it it just makes me sad because as somebody who posts a lot of things, whether I'm posting a Facebook picture, whether I'm posting a link to Facebook, um not only is my content filtered by where it came from, like if if something comes from my website, no matter what it is, if people don't click on it, Facebook is going to be financially motivated to show it to fewer people. And it's just an endless loop where you can't actually get out of that hole. And not only that, but content from YouTube specifically, like it's, you're disincentivized from clicking on a YouTube link because you're going to be shunted out of the app. It's not going to start playing locally there, even though Facebook or Facebook and YouTube have worked that way in the past. It's specifically, it's purely a spiteful reason why Facebook changed that functionality. And it's just really frustrating as somebody who wants to make things on the internet and is blocked from doing so. I, it makes me honestly just want to not use Facebook at all. Like it makes me want to use Facebook messenger to communicate with friends that don't want to get another thing, but it makes me want to stop posting things on Facebook because it just seems like it's not it's it's just making things worse and worse for me socially over time. I get that that's it. I I can get some comments from you guys now. I I could just keep talking for hours.
2: Well, I feel like the South Park references were evident in that one. Like uh, I imagine you wanted to say, "I'm not your friend, buddy." A few
0: times. I uh, I have never watched a full episode of South Look, Park.
2: I mean, I mean, Facebook treats these people. Like it calls them friends, but like, I'm not your friend, buddy. <laughs> and I'm assuming that's where that one should have gone. It probably and should have. Also, like and uh and it doesn't post it in sixteen by nine, and uh, that makes me a sad panda.
1: hmm
0: That that would have also worked. I've heard that reference, but I I've not watched yeah. the show. Is,
1: is the follow up yeah. to I'm not your friend buddy, I'm not your buddy pal or something? And then it's like I'm not your pal dude or something. I don't know.
2: It, it's it's friend, buddy, and guy. Okay. <laughs> not your friend, buddy. I'm not your buddy, guy. I'm not your guy, friend. <laughs> that is how we speak in Canada.
1: As far as my yeah. comments actually related to what you're saying, Rob. I'd uh, for one, Twitter isn't much different than what you is describing. Chronological though it's not really they have the while you're gone feature that that's like four of. or
0: five tweets that i i get i, I know they're mine's a lot way. more than
1: four or five when i do it really
0: yeah oh you're obviously gone for longer okay. than i am. i
1: guess <laughs> that's what <laughs> it's saying um and then the content is is the same way you know like instagram links they're just links mm-hmm. yeah. they don't directly post the picture there's i Unless you know you there's do ways yeah like, no yeah there's, there's ways around it
0: i should actually post um, that trick
1: and, and with most content in general, I think it's fairly, uh, you, you know, you post a link and it, I don't think if it does previews, it does a little bit of a preview possibly,
0: but I think the, the iOS app now does a preview, but yeah, you're right.
1: Yeah. So, but it's more that Facebook used to do this and now they're not, I think yeah. that's kind of what you're saying, but at the same time, it's their product and their mm-hmm. platform. Yeah. So I, I, you can't blame them for doing that because it is in their best interest for people to upload content to their own site. Yeah. So it's. It's unfortunate, but it's just the way things are. I think, and and honestly, Facebook video is a much better experience because they have then what the, posting a YouTube link
0: because they did it right that because way. It, right
1: that that's the point.
0: <laughs> but yeah, I'm just saying it makes me not want to use Facebook,
1: and and they don't they don't care they they're okay yeah. with you leaving.
0: Yep, (laughs) there are like five billion other people. Yeah, no, like
1: actually, like, and that's the thing is their their Facebook superstars are going to use their platform, and they're not going to care. I
0: I don't think there are any Facebook superstars though.
1: The fifty million view Facebook videos would lead me to believe. I mean, Facebook
0: freebooting is a thing. (laughs) I will post several links to YouTube creators who have talked about how Facebook users just, just steal their videos.
1: Yeah. No, there, there probably aren't Facebook superstars the same way there's Twitter ones. Every time I see a Facebook verified account, I'm like, what? Like, who's that guy? Like, <laughs> you, you don't Facebook verified accounts are very weird to me because yep. they're like not actual people worth verifying. I don't think. Right. So I'm like, is that the real Donald should Trump? We,
2: should we tweet to uh, Brady Heron that we just used the term freebooting? Because I, I think he would be just over the moon about it.
0: We can. Yeah, for sure. I, I'm going to put a link to his discussion about it. I'll put a link to Veritasiums and Kurzgesatz and uh, Smarter Every Day. It's like all these YouTubers have like science yeah. YouTubers specifically, but there's lots of them around that have just been talking about this nonstop for over a year.
1: Wasn't it CGP that was more the infringement plot, like discussion on Hello Internet?
0: Did he? But he didn't make a video. About no, it. No, he didn't make a video of it. No. Yeah. They, they talked about it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Very early in the Hello Internet paradigm
1: that's when I, I i tried to start listening but i just i couldn't too, mm. too much time commitment for that one so worth it oh i'm sure it is if you have the time to <laughs> dedicate to it
0: yeah so i i don't know if you guys have anything else to say about facebook i just i might take a break from it for a while we'll see
1: personally i just i find that facebook is good for what i use it for which is staying in contact with actual friends and family mm-hmm. uh but as far as online interaction with people, as far as other than liking a picture of a baby, like yeah. actual commenting on stuff or that kind of thing, I think Twitter is what, what is there for mm-hmm. Facebook is, is better to left as looking at people's pictures and planning events and that kind of thing.
0: Right.
2: Yeah. Um. I mean, I wholeheartedly agree with Mike in that Facebook is a business and it is in a business's best interest to try and promote itself. Like how, Google will prioritize googly things over everything else because it serves the interest of the business, right? I at the same time, I kind of wish we could just collectively abandon Facebook for Google Plus, but mm-hmm. the reason I'm still on Facebook is that everyone's on Facebook, yeah. and that's pretty much a success on their part.
0: Mm-hmm. So. The the difference in my mind, at least, and maybe I'm looking at this from a skewed perspective, but my thoughts are, it's great. You are a business, you have every right to run this business the way you want, and obviously it's been very successful for them. But I think that a few of the decisions they've made in that regard are hostile to users and hostile to their advertisers in a way that if they keep going down that route, will eventually mean that those people will get fed up like i am and leave and at that point like it's not necessarily today maybe they don't care but in a year or two if half the people are gone or even 10 percent of the people are gone they're gonna have to answer to shareholders and they're gonna lose a bunch of money so
2: let's all just use google plus from now on done except we won't get any advertising
0: penetration but you know yeah I mean, we're not getting any advertising penetration on Facebook.
1: It's true. (laughs) Very true.
0: Do we have the metrics on that? Yes, there are not. We're not advertising with Facebook.
2: Well, no, we're not advertising. But like, what percentage of our views are coming from Facebook?
0: Uh, a negligible amount. (laughs) Okay.
1: Between zero and one.
0: Yes. (laughs) Somewhere between zero and one. (laughs) Depends on the week. All right. uh, Well, that's it for Facebook for now. I will ruminate and I will maybe give up Facebook for a while, but we should move on. Mike, you have some very important news from this past week.
1: I do. It's uh, it's half political, half scientific, half activist, but the Canadian and 54 other governments met in Paris to discuss climate change and Mm -hmm. what the plan is moving forward. We all I think we're all old enough to remember and talk about the Kyoto protocol in school yep. and yep. how silly of a thing it was and Canada well, backed out of that in 2011. So yeah. this, this one's a bit more of a robust and binding agreement, uh, is, is legally binding apparently, but it's not the kind it's, where it's not the kind where if you don't meet your goals, you'll get sanctions against you, which in my mind is, well, what's the motivation to keep to it?
2: But Yeah. I was going to say the legally binding part of it is that you're forced to report to your partners.
1: Yeah. Which is like, sorry guys, we're failing. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but you have to do that. <laughs> sure. If that's motivation enough, then I guess that's good. Uh, but the, the yeah. goal is to limit the temperature rise to less than two degrees Celsius, which is what the scientific community has uh, been saying repeatedly the last couple of years that is necessary to prevent catastrophic, effects from climate change uh and this is a universal agreement not just the wealthy countries that the Kyoto Protocol had so it's all countries in the world at least a part of the UN I guess Mm -hmm. um there's a couple other items here they'll just kind of go through quickly that there's an agreement to provide 100 billion dollars annually to the poor countries to support the climate change initiative to develop new technologies and uh just kind of combating climate change in a general sense i guess whatever they want to use that money for they can uh yeah must publish greenhouse gas reduction targets as we were talking about that have to be reviewed and revised upward every five years starting in 2023 Mm -hmm. and the goal is to be carbon neutral between 2050 and 2100 so no later than 2100 but the goal is 2050 right uh and yeah it's legally binding but no no sanctions so We'll we'll see how this pans out. Uh, I guess the the official goal is one point five degrees increase to not right. be above that. The official goal is two, but the kind of lower target is one and a half.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm intrigued to see how this pans out because it seems to me, and maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong, maybe there's something I'm not thinking of, but it seems like the furthest furthest into the future humanity has ever set firm targets. We're talking about between 2050 and 2100. Yeah. Having these, this carbon neutrality, like that, that seems crazy far away from now, and we're thinking that far into the future. Trying to now that we have the data to to back up caution, like extreme caution in regards to the climate. We, like, it's a really, it's really great that all these countries are coming together and seeing that, despite the very vocal people who oppose the idea that climate change is a thing, they're all just kind of saying, "All right, we." we understand that you feel this way, but you are wrong and we need to move forward on this seriously. And, and they're doing that. Yeah. Very happy.
1: I, it should be noted that this agreement still has to be ratified in every country that yeah. agreed to it. So it's similar to the uh, trans Pacific partnership partnership. Yeah. That, that one was agreed upon, but still had to be ratified in each country. So there's still yeah. a ways to go. And that's why 2020 is the, I think the official start of the agreement. So they have, Four years i guess to to ratify it in each of the 55 countries mm-hmm. and i will
2: i will point out here that the harper government was widely criticized for setting their end point as 2050 oh really yeah oh. so we already had a end point of 2050 that said they said you know 2050 that's our goal and then proceeded to do nothing on yes. that file <laughs> but so i mean <laughs> rightly criticized in that respect but 2050 is still. Uh, I feel like it doesn't give the urgency. Yeah, the urgency or the imminence of the problem mm-hmm. any credence because we we need to act much faster than 2050. If a lot of the reports I've read are to be believed,
1: yeah, it's, it's realistic though. If you, if the plan is to phase out all hydrocarbon burning energy, yeah, and especially
2: if we're talking about the developing countries, yeah, right. Um. And I haven't paid nearly enough attention to the Paris Agreement. Um did they say anything about debt forgiveness for like carbon offset projects?
1: It's a 33-page report, so the 5 points <laughs> that CBC summarizes what I told you. So I, I don't know. It, it, okay. it could very All well right. include provisions like that.
2: Cuz I feel like Canada did that recently. We forgave like I don't know, a bunch of debt for some country and they were like, um, we'll we'll build this better kind of non co2 belching plant and we're like cool mm-hmm. we'll uh we'll give you a or we'll rip up this iou if you do that and i think like forgiving sovereign debt of developing countries in exchange for carbon neutral energy
0: generation would be a good idea yeah. but i don't know if it's in there i mean so on a related note i don't know what it's like in calgary right now but last year at this time or last year, a couple months later, February 23rd, um, Ottawa was the coldest capital in the entire world. And that's that's a pretty hard title to get when countries like Mongolia and Russia exist. It's it's currently above zero and it's mid-December. And that's like we talk about how climate isn't the same as weather. I was going yeah. to say, are
2: you going to conflate too, weather with climate change? You're starting to sound Rob? like
1: Donald Trump there. Or yeah, or are, you, it was Jeb Bush. are you contributing to
2: the problem right now, Rob? Because I
0: think you might be about to. No. Um, so <laughs> the the trends in the last few years have been that the last five to ten years have been the last five to ten years, the hottest five to ten years on record. And that, mm-hmm. that is a trend that is pushing upwards. And so... What I'm saying is I'm not surprised that we are seeing actual consequences of it. Like this is, we're hitting high temperature records right now in yeah. Ottawa in December. Yeah. But
1: Rob, there's also places that are colder than ever. So you can't. Where? Other places. Just Do you have any? Yes. Look, at it's, it's what the climate change deniers are using as evidence to say, oh, what do you mean it's warming? Look how cold it is. So you, I, well, I know what you're no, saying, uh, but that's a very isolated incident that doesn't at all talk about... Global warming. People
0: aren't saying that there are new record colds being set. People are saying, "I'm in New York City and it's winter and it's cold," so global warming doesn't no, exist. No, but there, there are actual places. Records.
1: No, there are actual places that are colder than ever. Where? i'm, I'm it, Well, because it, Rob, it's an average. There, there's places that are very warm and places that are very cold, and it averages out to a net increase well, I, in global temperature.
0: I understand that. So that's what I'm saying. Do you
2: though? Do you really understand it, Rob? <laughs> I do. Because from the conversation we're having, I I kind of
0: doubt that you do. I'm going to continue to look because it doesn't seem like like I get that obviously these new records but I'm not saying that there aren't any new cold records being made I'm saying overwhelmingly the majority of heat hot records are being smashed year in year and year out and what we're going to see is not just the the like the whole reason for going from global warming to climate change is that not only is the earth getting warmer overall but climate Patterns are changing such that weird places are being different temperatures than they than they have been historically like the 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 one example I see here from November thirtieth is record breaking cold temperatures chilled northern california like that's a place where they their economy depends on warm temperatures
1: so so what you're saying is you're you're taking what me and Nick are saying and you're using it as your own idea
0: i'm not using i'm not i'm not it's not your idea. <laughs> You're like, is the, you're
1: like, yeah, that's what I've been saying this whole
0: time, guys. No, no, no. I'm saying I, I looked up and I, I do see one, but it's in a place that is not known for being cold.
1: That's what I didn't say it was known for being cold. I just saying they're colder than ever.
0: We're, we're in complete agreement. Okay. I'm, I'm that, trying that's all I wanted also, to make sure.
1: That's all yeah. I wanted to make sure.
0: the The point I'm trying to make is that places are having different climates than they are used to. And overall, yes. the trend is going upwards.
1: I agree. That's exactly yeah. what I said in different words. I know. Okay.
0: That we're in agreement.
1: Okay, good. <laughs> Glad we got that straight.
2: I'm confused as to what just happened, frankly. <laughs> but
0: we can move on. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's just below zero in Northern California okay. in at the end of November. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Nick, you have a story here. That I have no. All I see is an all caps title, and oh I don't know what it's about. So, what's what's your news about?
2: Okay, so I believe we're familiar with archive.org here at this organization.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: yeah. They are they still hosting our stuff long term,
0: or they are hosting up until the point that we moved to SoundCloud. They still have right. the back catalog.
2: Okay, so part of Future Chat is still on archive.org. Mm-hmm an organization that seeks to archive you know all the things all the things from the internet and they have archived the game cross-country canada pause for applause pause (laughs) for cheering i I don't know what that is (laughs) did you not play cross-country canada as a child it sounds like oregon trail but canadian am i the only one here that played cross-country canada as a child in school i think you might be
0: I played Oregon Trail, but definitely not
1: Cross Canada.
0: What did you people do in school? Oregon Trail.
1: We, we, was it just we like We learned.
2: <laughs> I played Chips Challenge. They just sat you down and talked about the national energy policy and then had you go off and do some square dancing? Is that what you did in school?
0: There's a lot of that. Yes yeah.
1: on the square dancing. <laughs> yes. And that's not even lying. And uh <laughs> we played chip- No, I know it's not even lying. I got here and I was shocked. <laughs> it's like you actually okay. <laughs> It's, it's, it's part of the curriculum is square dancing. Well, yeah. that's
2: why that's why educational institutions exist to uh, to prop up that knowledge, which might be lost by a culture that truly essential knowledge that needs to be spread mimetically.
0: Yes, it's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, so I don't Nick, know why I have to explain this. It's Nick, so awesome. Hold on. Before before you explain this. Yes. For people who have have you played Oregon Trail? No. OK, because it's it, just a game, though. That's what, it's a computer, it's a computerized game where you try to trek across the US and it sounds like the Canadian analog is, is what you're describing. So no, no, no.
2: Cross country Canada is edutainment. It's educational.
0: I understand that. So
2: the whole, the whole deal behind the game is that you're a truck driver and you have to pick up commodities from all the different regions of Canada, which have uh, like the different commodities or, you know, what not. Mm-hmm. that was a terrible way of explaining it so i mean for example if it says you need to pick up cod that's obviously saint john's newfoundland sure
1: i was gonna say vancouver and but
2: <laughs> salmon
1: i'd obviously fail at this game yeah yeah
2: i did i did get salmon in van or vancouver yeah the other game i think yeah or beef was from calgary obviously or fruit was niagara falls uh mm. I think Sydney, Nova Scotia and Kelowna, B.C. Makes sense. So it's like and it actually as you're driving across, it tells you about the geography and all the stuff like going along. So it actually gives kids more a tangible way to appreciate the geography within such a vast country. So I played it a lot as a kid because it was in our school and it was the only game. Yeah. (laughs) But I actually I actually beat it for the first time just the other day because when it was still on the computers, I was at an age where it just did not quite make sense that I was supposed to do something in the game. Right. It was just me like, look, I'm driving a truck. This is amazing. (laughs) That kind of stuff. But oh, it was so cool. They just published a bunch of old MS DOS games. So you got a hankering for nostalgia, you just – you go right ahead. And I highly encourage both of you to try Cross Country Canada. Okay. Except some of it, if you checked your Snapchat, is a little dated. I I saw it very dated, yes. Yeah. On your way from Montreal to Ottawa, it's like, oh, the Canadian – or the National Science and Technology Museum is up (laughs) ahead. And it's like – No. No, it's not. (laughs) (laughs) Like it's even – If you want computer parts, you're supposed to go to Ottawa because for a long time, Ottawa was known as Silicon Valley North and it's like not so much anymore. Eh, There's some. Yeah, but I mean, Nortel isn't quite as big a thing as it was when that game was published.
0: Definitely not. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) For the best.
2: Is it for the best?
0: Yeah. Considering what happened to Nortel, I would think so.
2: Anyway. So yeah, Cross Country Canada. It's... It's like all my friends from that end of the country were super stoked but i guess you were learning about ranching and ukrainians and pipelines <laughs> yeah
1: mike did you ever play oregon trail i i didn't i was more of a oh, uh my. i was more of the windows 3.0 games like chip challenge and ski free that no i mean what did you play it when you were at school what, yeah, what games chip did they challenge have? and ski free really
0: yeah. oh man uh yeah, what I love saying? Oregon Trail. I played. Oh it, it was no, also, I did
1: play. Where in the world is Carmen San Diego?
0: <laughs> I think that that hardly counts. I guess as geography.
1: Yeah, what do you mean? Doesn't Which count. Is basically,
0: well, what Carmen San Diego was all about. Why wouldn't I, it count? No, I guess as edutainment, it does count.
1: Oh, who's saying edutainment? I'm just saying games.
0: I was saying edutainment. Yeah, oh. like educational games, like games you played as part of yeah. the actual curriculum.
1: Oh no, we didn't have any of those. Mm, interesting.
0: Uh, I do have. Mike, you say you're ready to, you can skip your last story, but there's, I just wanted to mention this, the, this last story I had before we wrap up, if that's okay.
1: Sure. Oh yeah. I actually found this one pretty interesting.
0: So I had been, uh, this is, this is actually based on a, where I found it from a video from D news, a YouTube channel that, uh, every, every day they post science videos, uh, kind of summarizing papers. And we've talked a lot in the past about health and the way kind of glycemic index affects, how we process food, how we process sugar. And so the, the, this paper came out um, in the middle of November talking about how blood sugar levels and the glycemic index of foods don't necessarily correlate for everyone. Everyone's gut flora is actually slightly different. And so some people might be able to eat a very normally like a high glycemic index food like cookies and basically have no blood sugar spike at all or very little blood sugar spike but react the, the example they have here is bananas so there are two different participants in this study and they react totally differently to bananas and cookies so and the, the whole study is like this but these are this is one example they pulled out where there are people who can eat high glycemic index foods and not react at all with any sort of blood sugar spike and crash and then they can eat ones that have lower glycemic indexes but they do experience that Uh, that flux in blood sugar level and vice versa. So the other person responds the opposite way and basically just showing once again that diet is very individualized and everyone's going to react to different things in different ways. Some people can eat all kinds of fat or all kinds of protein and not put on weight and actually be healthier that way. Whereas other people can eat as healthy as they want and or stereotypically as healthy as they want, eat a bunch of salad, for instance, and they can still kind of have a hard time health-wise because maybe their body reacts differently to certain ingredients in, in the salad they're eating than other people would. I thought it was really interesting. And I'll, I'll put a link to the DNews video as well as the study. So um, people who are interested can go check that out. But I, I thought it was great, cool research.
2: At any point, did the participants walk out and go, this study is bananas. B-A-N-A-N-A-S. <laughs> Then the rest of them walked out, this study is bananas, B-A-N-A-N-A-S.
0: That was not in the video or the article, but I have to assume it happened at some point. I I would hope so.
2: (laughs) I mean, it was obvious. Yes. I hope someone picked up on that. (laughs) And I'm assuming if the N was high enough to be a significant study, there should have been.
0: Yeah. Oh, I would think so. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I wonder if, I haven't looked at the study, but if they had enough participants that they could come up with like a net effect. And if they still found that the glycemic index theories or model held in an overall sense versus an individualized, like obviously people are going to have their own responses and be exceptions. But if in general, you'll still see the higher response with the the high glycemic index foods versus the lower ones. Because it it didn't seem like they were saying, well, the GI model is completely thrown out. It's more like Mm -hmm. even though there is this, people might be exceptions to those
0: rules. I think from what i concluded from the the video because they went into a bit more detail about it was that that was not the case that it's highly individualized and so making general generalizations like that is probably more harmful than just sort of figuring out for yourself which um what foods react what way but also i want to point out that using gi to shorten glycemic index is very confusing because that is gastrointestinal, which is then the main GI acronym that I'm familiar with. Okay. So thank you for that. I was like, wait, what?
1: I said glycemic index first, then said GI. I know. So I know.
0: know. That was
2: self-explanatory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I haven't read through this whole study, but which is always, you know, the preface to great <laughs> criticism. Yes. The graph they have here is the GI for bananas and cookies.
0: Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But bananas and cookies are very close on the glycemic index scale. Right.
1: I just assumed they were different.
2: And, I mean, also sushi and ice cream. Sushi is heavily based on white rice, rice, Mm -hmm. white short grain rice. And ice cream is a lot of sugar and fat and stuff like that. So I could see them being comparable on an average GI thing. Yeah. And they're like i mean i don't know what normal ranges for blood glucose are but there are spikes but you'll notice these uh these graphs don't start at zero right or the y-axis doesn't begin with zero right i would i wouldn't think it should yeah sorry i wouldn't think it should start because you're always going to have some glucose in your blood yeah but like they're if you're going from a 0 to 115 scale, the difference is much slighter than what it seems upon glancing at it this way.
0: All right, but I don't think you are going from 0. You're starting from the baseline, which is presumably mentioned in the study, though not mentioned in, the, in this abstract. I understand what you're trying to say, but I just don't think that... I don't think starting with a baseline of 0 is necessary for this. I think the baseline is... Unless there. It is possible that they're nitpicking results, but it seems like the baseline for the the thing is around between 85 and 100, and you're coming up above 100 into the sort of 115 range. So it's it's not like the normal, like any sort of baseline you'd be measuring would start at zero. The baseline would start at around 85 or 90.
1: Yeah, you wouldn't have it at zero. I don't even mean both yeah. percentage change, though. It, yeah, it exaggerates.
0: It's like 10% or 15% or something.
1: Yeah, it exaggerates the change. But the response, so the, the shape of the response is literally mirrored. Like, yeah. it's as mirrored as you could ever get in experimental practice.
2: So normal levels in blood sugar are from 100 milligrams per deciliter to 125
0: milligrams per deciliter. Based on what? Based on Google. Presumably that's based on what you just ate. No. Like that's the normal baseline without
2: the mean normal blood glucose level in humans is about 5.5 millimoles per liter or 100 milligrams per deciliter however this level fluctuates throughout the day blood sugars levels for those without diabetes and who are not fasting should be below 6.9 millimoles per liter 125 milligrams per deciliter yeah so like it will fall hopefully you know not so much but yeah it should be so, in the range that they've posted
0: here. Right. So, that's that's what they're saying is that okay. if you haven't eaten sugary foods in a while, it'll be at the low range. And if you have, it'll be at the high range. But that, that's all within the normal range, which is what you'd expect. You wouldn't expect to eat a banana and have your blood sugar just spike to the point where it's off the charts.
1: Yeah. The interesting thing is now that we're talking about it is the... Uh, oh, wait. Now I'm confused now. 445. Yeah. Like the blood sugar isn't the same like yeah the starting point isn't the same for both i don't Mm -hmm. know how relevant that is and it's not the same yeah like i said this is
0: one one thing stuck stuck out to prove the to show the point yeah Mm. yeah well
2: i don't know i don't see the difference at the end of the time period being that far off which i mean you ride a slightly different high and low but i don't see it as being that different in the long run what like the high, the the peak versus the non-peak. No, like from the beginning to the end, the total net time. I mean, some people
0: definitely have
2: that spike there, and mm-hmm. that's. I think that's not supposed to be good.
0: Unless no, you're I think exercising. Is, I think that's completely normal. I would think, when you eat something with sugar, that you would respond that way. Yeah, it's normal, but you don't want your blood glucose to
2: spike too much, right? Because that's an indicator of diabetes. I think.
0: Yeah, over the normal. 125, which neither of these cases yeah. show that. Yeah. I don't know.
2: I What I'm concluding is that I don't understand
0: enough about this to really comment properly. So uh, another point, another aspect of the study that I'm just reminded of um, going into, I went into the paper to, because why not, uh, is the fact that they did the study and then they looked at another smaller group of people that so the original study was 800 people, the what they call the validation cohort they went back and tried to predict future people based on um based on the initial test group and they found that it was it was also probably not perfectly predictive but it was also somewhat predictive of how people would respond to certain foods given their given their response to the initial um testing of of the whatever group of foods they used so it also showed that there are groups of people that will respond in a certain way and then it's it is predictive if if people respond one way to certain foods they're probably going to respond in in this specific way overall as opposed to just being random
2: i wonder if there's also like a just a factor in that maybe some of these people eat more bananas than they do cookies and Mm -hmm. others eat more cookies than they do bananas yeah and so the body might just readily handle one better than the
0: other definitely possible
2: yeah this l- is what i wonder Lost of control this is, for yeah sure. the human body is weird it's that's why i weird. like chemistry you just <laughs> you mix it all up in a beaker and you don't have to worry about other things it's beautiful <laughs> i mean you don't have to worry about things in the beaker if you mixed it up properly but yes
0: all right well i guess mm. uh we're good to wrap up for this week thank you everyone for listening to this week's future chat uh, we'll be back next week. Actually, we should talk about that, but typically we'll be back next week with more science and tech talk. You can find past steps of, of this show at unwindmedia.com slash feature chat. See you next time. See you guys. we should Yeah, we should... Uh, we'll, I don't know if you guys have anything to say in an after show, but we should figure out next week. Are we... Do you guys want to do one? Do you want to do a, like a year-end kind of thing? Just want to take a two-week break? I
1: just... Take a break.
0: We might do some kind of thing, but it won't be a typical future chat. And then probably resume January 3rd ish. Yeah. We could do another Fake It future chat edition. We could. It would really depend on what we want to talk about. The content would, if it was science and tech based, then (laughs) I think it's fine being future chat. But if it's just (laughs) chatting and chilling, then I agree that Fake It would be a better platform. But that's something we don't have to decide now. We'll, We'll figure something out. So not next week, presumably we you will definitely be back by early January, but we'll see you guys soon.